0: The hour to which the podcast adjourned, having arrived, the podcast is now in order.
1: Let's gather in for this week's State House Takeout with the reporters on top of Beacon Hill at the State House News Service. Here's Sam Doran.
0: Well, this week was dominated by the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation process and the Kavanaugh Ford hearing, both in Washington and up here on Beacon Hill in Massachusetts. Matt Murphy, you followed the confirmation process this week, and it's crossover into our race for governor here in Massachusetts.
2: That's right, Sam. Uh, You couldn't really escape it this week, especially uh, Thursday and Friday. Uh, People all over the building and all over the city really were glued to their TVs. I think you were in the office today when a couple of state troopers just showed up in our doorway as we were watching the vote take place, wondering what was going on. But Out on the trail, uh, Governor Charlie Baker couldn't escape the questions this week uh, about uh, President Trump's nominee, Brett Kavanaugh, and it, it took him two days, but he eventually did say that he believed... Uh, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford and the story she is telling about being uh, uh, allegedly assaulted by Brett Kavanaugh when the two were in high school in the early '80s, and uh, that was accompanied by the governor repeating his calls for an independent investigation. Which, as it turns out, it looks like we're actually going to get a uh, uh, Friday. Republicans in Washington under pressure and a little coercion by Senator Jeff Flake uh, to. Uh, let the FBI investigate these claims. They're going to postpone a vote for another week, it appears. But uh, the governor was still subject to criticism by his Democratic opponent, Jay Gonzalez, uh, using this to kind of feed into that narrative that even if Governor Baker usually gets to where the majority of Massachusetts voters want him to be on issues like this, uh, concerned about Brett Kavanaugh, he has some uh, issues with his positions, both on choice and uh, perhaps these allegations, but like not showing up at the Women's March and not showing up at the Science March. I mean, Jay Gonzalez is really using this to say, uh, this is a governor who kind of needs to be coaxed along. I will lead on issues like this.
0: Well, Mass Inc. and WBUR had a new poll out in the governor's race on Wednesday this week, um, as far as Gonzalez and the Democrats' efforts to tie Baker to the Washington GOP, uh, how's that sticking with the voters in Massachusetts?
2: That's exactly right. I mean, the Kavanaugh hearings and this whole confirmation process has just been another way that the Democrats have been able to try and uh, tie Governor Baker to the his national party and, and the Republicans in Washington. But so far, at least according to the polls that we've seen, it doesn't really appear to be taking hold. Uh, If you look at the numbers in that Mass Inc. WBUR poll, uh, a plurality, I think it was about 34%, more than not, uh, felt that more uh, more often than not, Charlie Baker took a position that they identify with the Democratic Party, not the Republicans. The governor is actually polling well among Democrats. Uh, He is up by 20 points in that poll over Jay Gonzalez, 52 to 32. And uh, voters overwhelmingly uh, think that the governor has handled the Trump situation. I guess we can call it well uh, that he's kind of navigated that tricky line of of being a Republican but distancing himself from the president when it doesn't align with where Massachusetts is. Uh, well. They, they think he's doing a good job. So this line of attack, whether it's his endorsement of Jeff Deal for U.S. Senate or now the Kavanaugh stuff, uh, it's unclear that it's really having the effect that Democrats hope it would.
0: The uh, first debate in this race is coming up pretty soon, right?
2: Yeah, that's right, Sam. And that's going to be critical. The, the poll that we were just talking about also showed that Jay Gonzalez, even after winning the Democratic primary, of voters say they still don't know who he is. And uh, he doesn't really have the money to get on TV. The Democratic Governors Association has not yet come to his rescue and uh, provided the cash or or provided the money to get up on air with Super PAC ads like the Republican Governors Association has. So these debates are gonna be critical. The first one, Tuesday, October 9th, that's gonna be a WBZ televised debate with John Keller followed up by an October 17th debate on WGBH with Jim Browdy and Marjorie Egan, and the final debate just days before the election on November 1st. That's going to be a bigger consortium debate aired on uh, Channel 5 WCVB with The Globe and other media partners.
0: And this coming week, we actually have a debate on Channel 2 in the Attorney General's race, Maura Healy and conservative attorney Jay McMahon.
2: Yeah, that's right. Uh, I think this is really going to kick off the general election debates. This attorney debate for attorney general between uh, Healy and and McMahon, who uh, you remember, I know because you were there with me at the convention. Uh, really, a quite conservative supporter of President Donald Trump. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how much uh, Jay McMahon embraces the president in this uh, introduction, I guess, to the to the broader public and, and what that means for Charlie Baker, who uh, so far, since he endorsed the entire GOP slate, he's been criticized for what that means by endorsing Jeff Deal for Senate. but jay mcmahon another conservative republican not necessarily aligned with governor baker's uh, policies and and positions but someone that the the governor has uh, technically or endorsed nonetheless so it could provide some more fodder for jay gonzalez and democrats
0: we'll be watching thanks matt thank you The Massachusetts gaming world was thrown for a loop this week with the resignation abruptly of Chairman Stephen Crosby. Eyes were turned to the commission anyways this week as their investigation winds down into sexual misconduct allegations against former casino magnate Steve Wynn. Colin Young, you were playing a few hands at once this week, so to speak. None of them successfully. <laughs> Staying uh, on top of all things gaming. Uh, so, Colin, why don't you walk us through what happened, how all these things are related, and let's start off with the big news of Steve Crosby. Yeah, that really kicked things
3: off for the Gaming Commission this week, uh, kicked things off, so to speak. It came a little bit after 5 p.m. on Wednesday, Uh, which was when Crosby sent an email to commission staff announcing his immediate resignation. Uh, Crosby's the only person who's ever served as chair of the Gaming Commission and found out this week from Executive Director Ed Bedrosian that Crosby was actually the commission's very first employee. He oversaw the licensing of a slots parlor and two full-scale casinos in Massachusetts and spearheaded efforts to make sure the gaming industry was open and inclusive to all participants. Uh, employees, that is. Uh, His resignation came the evening before the commission was set to meet to discuss, among other things, how it's going to move forward with its investigation into Steve Wynn and what the Wynn Resorts board knew of those allegations against Steve Wynn. So I want to kind of zoom out here because sure. these things are related. Among the reasons Crosby cited for his resignation was that attorneys for Steve Wynn had accused him of having already made up his mind against Steve Wynn, accusing him of bias in that process. Um, uh, Wynn's attorney referenced comments Crosby made to a group of reporters uh, last month, including the chairman's assertion that at Wynn Resorts, there was, quote, at least one terrible predator, in apparent reference to Steve Wynn. And Crosby had come under scrutiny before related to the process for selecting a licensee for the Greater Boston Region Casino, which Wynn Resorts now holds. Uh, And he basically said that that his resigning was the only way that he could ensure the credibility of the commission as it prepares to accept a report from its Investigations and Enforcement Bureau uh, as to whether Win Resorts... um, Uh, knew about these allegations against Steve Wynn, uh, what they did or did not do related to those allegations, uh, and whether it was something that really should have been uh, made known to the Gaming Commission before it decided to hand that uh, Greater Boston Area casino license to Wynn Resorts. So the uh, the commission with former New Jersey State Police Lieutenant Colonel Gail Cameron now at the helm as interim chair is going to move forward with that win investigation. The uh, investigators are dotting their I's and crossing their T's and they expect to get a report to commissioners shortly. Uh, The commission's general counsel explained this week that once the investigation is done, uh, officially, the commission's going to hold a public hearing of sorts, an adjudicatory process, where witnesses will be under oath, and the gaming commission will accept testimony uh, from Wynn's attorneys, and they'll hear the full uh, breadth of the report from the Investigations and Enforcement Bureau. Uh, The commissioners will have an opportunity to ask questions of investigators and of representatives of Steve Wynn. uh, And those attorneys will also have a chance to ask questions.
0: When is all this likely to happen? We're
3: expecting this to happen in October. Uh, This investigation has been going on since January now. And uh, the the end timeline has been pushed back a few times now. Initially, Uh, It was expected that this hearing would happen sometime in September. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, As of Thursday morning, commissioners still had not seen the uh, conclusions, had not seen the report from investigators, but they uh, all said that they were expecting it very shortly. Once that public session is done, the commissioners are going to retire and deliberate in private, And there's really no um, timeline for how long that's going to take. They can take as long as they want. And really, they're going to be deciding should win resorts, uh, given what whatever this investigation finds, should Win Resorts continue to hold that lucrative greater Boston area casino license.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Judge and jury. Exactly. Um, so as far as Steve Crosby's resignation goes, he cited uh, what exactly? Just needing to resign in order for everyone else to move on? Yeah. Um, he,
3: uh, in his letter, his resignation letter, uh, said that Removing himself from the process was the only way to ensure sort of the credibility of the commission won't be uh, challenged. There have been threats of lawsuits against uh, Crosby. In fact, there have been lawsuits filed against the commission and against the chairman, or now the former chairman. Uh, and he said, you know, these threats aren't going to stop if I'm still on the commission. Um,
0: oh, so it might be a distraction, in other words, going forward.
3: Exactly. Exactly.
0: All right. Now, switching gears here, as if it weren't enough for one week, (laughs) uh, the commission also talked this week about the yet unassigned casino license for Southeastern Massachusetts. Uh, What's new there?
3: Well, there's a lot going on there, (laughs) and what's new is is only a little bit that's new there. So to take a couple of steps back, over the summer, Mass Gaming and Entertainment, which is the company that unsuccessfully bid for the Southeastern Mass Casino license, the Regency license, Uh, They had wanted to build a casino in Brockton, uh, and their bid was uh, rejected by the Gaming Commission. They've asked the Gaming Commission to reconsider their bid and to reconsider their bid and their bid alone and to uh, not more broadly reopen the Region C uh, licensing process. So the commission talked this week about putting some questions out for public comment and asking people in southeastern mass people in the gaming industry uh, to share their thoughts on how the market in New England, the gaming market has changed uh, since the commission's decision not to license a casino in Region C. Uh, and they also want to know what's happening with the Mashpee Wampanoag's uh, federal land and trust designation. Uh, that's uh, up in the air. Uh, there are a lot of legal issues surrounding that right now. Right. So the commission wants to really get a handle on you know, what are the odds of there being a tribal casino Uh, In Taunton, which is within the Region C area, uh, a tribal casino would, of course, compete with any commercial casino. And there are differences in what the state would collect in tax revenue, Mm -hmm. whether it's a tribal casino or a commercial casino, or whether there's one of each in that Regency.
0: So in summary, Colin, a big week in the gaming world here in the Bay State.
3: Very busy week uh, in the gaming world here. A lot going on.
0: And we've got some more stuff on the horizon.
3: That's right. Got to keep an eye out. It'll be uh, Governor Charlie Baker's responsibility now to appoint uh, a fifth commissioner to replace Steve Crosby. And it's also the governor's responsibility to uh,
0: appoint which commissioner will serve as chair. Which he doesn't necessarily have to do before the wind stuff is wrapped up.
3: No. And on Thursday, the governor said his team needs a few days anyways to make sure it understands the full scope of roles and responsibilities here. So uh, timing on that one is uh, yet to be seen.
0: Sure. Thanks, Colin. Hey, thanks a lot, Sam. Mike Norton joins us now with a look at what's coming up next week, what we're following here at the news service. Hi, Mike. Hey, Sam. Now, Mike, I know one issue you've been following as campaign season heats up is question one, the proposed mandatory nurse staffing levels. And uh, as the campaign season goes on, we're seeing more and more ads, social media-sponsored content, yard signs, uh, for and against this proposal. Uh, what's going on here?
1: Well, Sam, it's yeah, correct. We got a surprise on this topic this week, and it's uh, going to carry over until next week. The State Health Policy Commission has for a while now maintained that it was not studying a ballot question, the ballot question, imposing the nurse staffing requirements in hospitals. But this week, the commission disclosed that it did begin looking into question one in August, and it hired a consultant from the University of California for what it says will be an independent analysis. Now that analysis will be presented on Wednesday and it will land smack in the middle of an intense debate over conflicting studies on the cost of implementing these staffing requirements. The ballot committee behind question one was appalled by the news. They called the agency's involvement unprecedented and expressed alarm about apparent talks about the analysis between commission officials and hospital industry officials who have expressed major concerns about the costs. As for the commission, They say they're just complying with their statutory purpose, and they claim the analysis is not intended to promote or oppose the ballot question. That said, its arrival next week with about a month until the election will mean it will be rolled right into the political debate.
0: And, Mike, I know you've spent much of today figuring out what else we're going to be watching next week. Uh, Fill us in on a few events coming up.
1: Sure, Sam. Now, we have Senator Jeff Flake of Arizona, the Senate Judiciary Committee member who voted Friday to advance Brett Kavanaugh's Supreme Court nomination, but called for an FBI investigation into sexual assault allegations against the nominee. He is set to uh, visit us locally here in Boston and in New Hampshire on Monday uh, with speaking engagements in both places. Also on Monday, the new state law limiting non-compete agreements a measure that was tucked into an economic development bill over the summer, that law takes effect. Now, on Tuesday, uh, moving down to the Boston City Council, uh, a pair of councilors will hold a hearing to review plans to reconstruct the Long Island Bridge and reopen recovery and shelter facilities on that island. And Governor Baker will be in D.C. on Tuesday to keynote a Spirit of Lincoln event hosted by the pro-LGBT group Log Cabin Republicans. Later in the week, Sam, uh, on Thursday, the Cannabis Commission gavels back in. There are 15 retail stores that have received provisional licenses and are in the mix for the coveted final licenses. Those are the ones that are necessary to finally launch the retail marijuana market in Massachusetts. Also on Thursday night in Jamaica Plain, Sam, uh, an important event, City Life Vita Urbana, uh, we'll discuss what it calls an escalating displacement crisis in Boston marked by evictions and rising rents.
0: All right. We'll be following all these uh, issues and more next week. Have a good weekend, Mike.
1: Thanks a lot, Sam. Statehouse Takeout is a production of the State House News Service. And for a daily fix of Statehouse headlines, visit Masterlist.com. Masterlist with two S's. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.